Oh, it is good to be with you though again and to see your smiling faces and enjoy the worship together this morning. Wasn't that a blessing? You know, it's a wonderful thing um, that we are people from all over the world, different generations, different races, different countries, different languages sometimes, and yet we are united around our Lord Jesus Christ in praise and worship to him, hallelujah. And if you haven't got a song in your heart, you need to get one because I'll tell you what, it makes a difference. Hallelujah. I won't bore you with going into the details of what's been happening. Let's get into the Word of God. <clears throat> I'm still here and um, just determined to hang around and be a nuisance. <laughs> but um, we do love coming to this church and we do love Pastor John's heart, which we've known now for 12 years. And I love his heart of worship and reaching out to God. And let that be an example for you to follow. Praise God. I want to talk this morning about <clears throat> instructions to believers regarding the Holy Spirit. Basically, there are four quick things that I want to look at with you this morning. We are told in the Scriptures to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, and to live in the Spirit. And those are terms that we often hear and, and uh, pass uh, across our minds very often. Let's just read some scriptures to begin with. Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. Paul writes to this lovely church in Ephesus and he said, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Then we are told to walk in the Spirit. In Galatians uh, 5 and 16, Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the, lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. We're told to live in the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And then that precious one in Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That is an amazing statement. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So there are those four, and there are others, but I want to just concentrate on those four this morning. What does that really mean to us in our daily life? How do these terms, being filled, living, walking, being led, apply to you and I in our daily lives? Because I believe our Christian experience should be practical. The things we read about should be working out in our lives. We need to know what these things mean. Luke 4, 1, it says, Then Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led 
by the Spirit into the wilderness. The foundation for these four is the first one, being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. It says with Jesus, first he was filled and then he was led. He was filled with the Spirit and then he was led. The place that he was led was not a place of obvious choosing. We would naturally choose Jerusalem or some nice place like that, wouldn't they? But instead, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, led him into the wilderness. Why? It was that he would do battle with Satan and win that conflict so that then the scripture says when he came out of the wilderness, he came out in the power of the Spirit. The filling led to being led and that led to walking in the power of the Spirit. There is a progression in the Holy Spirit. There is a way that the Holy Spirit leads us. And you will find the Spirit often leads us into situations and places to develop our character by winning battles in our lives. There are many times when things happen in our lives that we wouldn't naturally choose. <laughs> but nevertheless, they are still the places of the Spirit's choosing. The wilderness was crucial for the ministry of Jesus. Not a nice place, not a place of our choosing, but it was crucial. And there are things that occur in your life and my life that we would not welcome and choose of our own volition. But they are crucial to us, although at the time, usually we cannot understand that. I'm sure it was just another ordinary day when poor old Moses rolled over in his tent and put his shoes on and his cloak on and grabbed his staff and thought, here we go again. Dirty, smelly, horrible sheep. A blazing sun, a hot desert place. I do not like this. I was in the palace and I had everything I wanted, servants to help me and everything I wanted. And here I am with smelly sheep, disobedient sheep. I'm not going to say anything about church members. <laughs> I can just about get out of the door before you lynch me. It was just another ordinary day for him. There were no choirs of angels with trumpets and announcements from heaven. And Moses got up and put everything on rounded the sheep up and thought, where are we going to go today to find some food and water for this lot? But unconsciously, he was being led that day by the Holy Spirit. Was he aware of it? No, of course he wasn't. It was just another miserable day. After all the other miserable days he'd had for 40 years. You know, there are times when God leads us that are 
just the same as every other day. But they are special days to God. And God's timing was perfect, although Moses didn't understand this. To him, it was just another day. The vision of helping the Israelites, I'm sure, had, that he'd had long ago, had vanished and melted under the blazing desert sun. It lost all that vision, that desire. It was just another day with the sheep. And he was unaware as he began that day that God would be waiting for him. That with God, this barren place, this inconspicuous, dried-up bush in the desert was a place of appointment. Moses didn't understand that, that he was being led to that very place on that very moment on that special day. He didn't know that. And there are many things that we do not understand. Moses didn't really understand, I don't think, that it was all tied to God's prophecy about the children of Israel. In, uh, in the word where God said that they would be taken into captivity in Egypt for 400 years. There was a timing with God that Moses didn't understand. So when he tried to do it in the natural, it was all wrong. But when he was led by the Spirit, it was God's perfect timing, tied to the prophetic word of God regarding the children of Israel and the deliverances of it. His day of destiny had arrived and he was not aware of it. And there are going to be times in your life when you are being led by God and you will be totally unaware that it is God at that moment. It is only when you look back that you see the providence of God and the destiny of God and how God unfolds his work and his plan in our lives. To me, it's mind-blowing. It's extraordinary. But he does it if we are faithful to him. He leads us by his Spirit. He leads us in an amazing way. Young Saul was a nice young guy who got a news from his father. The donkeys have been lost. Go out and find them. Take a servant with you. So Saul packed up his dinner and they set off to look for these wretched donkeys. Isn't it funny how dirty, smelly animals play so much of a part? in the plans of God. I don't figure that one out. And they searched. Donkeys were very valuable beasts of burden in those days. And so they went off searching. It says they searched for three days and they went through three different areas of the country looking for these lost donkeys. And you'd think they'd sort of give up. In fact, they came to the point of it. Saul said, my dad's going to be worrying more about us now than we are about the donkeys. We'd better think about going home. But then the servant had a good idea. He said, let's go and find the prophet, Samuel. He will tell us where the donkeys are. You know, God says he gives us the desires of his heart, of our hearts. 
That doesn't mean that if you've got a desire for a nice new Rolls Royce, that God's going to give you one. What it really means is the desires of God, he puts within your heart so that now we desire his desires. He plants those within us. And this young uh, servant and Saul, God led them again. They had no idea this was God leading them. Go and find the prophet. Go and ask the prophet where the donkeys are. God planted that seed in their minds unconsciously. They were not aware of it. Again, no choirs of angels. I'm sorry, Aunt Aminta, there were no choirs of angels singing because they don't sing. <laughs> so that's a private joke. They were not aware of it. But God was in this. God was waiting. And Saul did not know that he was going to have that day, his life, his destiny, his purpose completely changed. God had already spoken to Samuel the prophet and told him that Saul would be coming that the donkeys were lost, but now they'd actually been found. Saul heard in his ear from God about this young man. And so when, Sam, uh, when Saul actually came, he was already prepared, Samuel was already prepared. He said, I've got a word from God for you. Stay with me for a while and I'll share the word of God for you. And by the way, don't worry about the donkeys. They're already found back home. It's great, isn't it, when God's at work. But you see, this was a time when Saul was being led, but he was totally unaware of it, totally unconscious of what was going on. It says in Samuel 10, 6 there, he was turned into another man after the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's a wonderful statement, isn't it? He was turned into another man after the Spirit came upon him. When God places his anointing upon our lives, he turns us into another man, another woman. Because now we are people of the Spirit with purpose and destiny. Now there is a purpose for our living. And the point of us being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just to give us a nice experience. There is much more to it than that. It is so that we can be led by the Spirit and quickened by the Spirit and live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. We become another man when the Spirit of God equips us for the ministry to which he has called us. The point of it all is that we might be ministers of God under the power and the anointing of God to walk in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. And God will often use difficult times to guide us into the pathway that he has chosen. And when we are in those kind of situations, like Saul, it's a good idea to go to God and seek out a word from him. Amen. 
as to exactly what is going on in this situation and why it is going on. In the Old Testament, they went to the prophet. Now we have the word of God through which the Holy Ghost can speak to us. Hallelujah. And I'm sure if you talk to people that have walked their journey for many years, there are many times when God speaks through his word directly into our hearts regarding situations in order that he might lead us by his spirit. But Saul was unaware that this day was a day of God's appointment for him. He was oblivious to the fact that he was walking on a journey that was totally planned out by God. And I have found in life that there are so many times when you walk a daily routine of life that you're not even aware that it is of God's choosing and God's purpose for you to be there on that day. So many times the Holy Spirit leads us and we are unconscious of that leading. But the providence of God somehow leads us into the destiny that God has for us. God is amazing. It would be lovely in a sense if every time there would be a big banner headlines, you know, and traffic lights and all the rest of it to keep us going. It doesn't work like that. He leads us by his spirit. Hallelujah. Young Saul left home, a man looking for donkeys. He came as an ordinary young man on a mission to find them, but he went away the anointed king of Israel. You never know when God starts to work what God is going to do. But that young man became a totally different young man. He became another person. You think of people like Stephen. Young Stephen in the New Testament put his hand up to do a very hard job trying to sort out the disagreement that was going on amongst the widows over the amount of food and the type of food that was being distributed to them. And Stephen did not know, I don't think, that day. But when he put his hand up and said, I will be one of those that will try and sort out this mess before it stops the revival going on, that he, God was marking him that day that was going to bring him into a ministry where signs and wonders would be done and he would have the privilege of becoming the first martyr in the church. He marked him though. He will work with our will, not against our will. But as somebody once prayed, Lord, I'm not willing, but I'm willing to be made willing. And that's a very good prayer to make because you're being honest with God. And God respects and acts with honesty. Being led by the Spirit involves our listening and obeying Him. And the promptings of the Spirit, but very often it's a matter of trusting Him. And saying, God, I gave my life to you and I am trusting you that you will use every circumstance 
in my life and every situation and every happening to work out in my life your plan and your purpose. There are times when you might get the news you're just going to be made redundant. And you know very well what it's like, if you've been that way, that at first it's a horrible feeling. But unconsciously, you are being led by the Spirit of God. When your life belongs to him, there are no just ordinary happenings. Those happenings, those situations are in the hands of God and our minds are not aware of it. To us it's bad news, but that is the very thing that God is using to steer you, to guide you, to direct you into the plan and the purpose of God. Trust him when we can't understand what's going on, that God is still in charge, his hands are still on the steering wheel, He's in charge of your life because we are filled with the Holy Ghost. You think of the Apostle Paul in the middle of that storm on the, the sea, the raging ship being torn apart, sails flapping violently in the wind, and the waves cascading over. Do you think Paul stood up there thinking, oh, this is wonderful. I am being led by the Spirit of God. Oh, blow a bit more wind. Of course he didn't. It was horrible. It was cold and wet and frightening. But he did not know that he was being led by the Spirit. In the midst of that storm, when the ship was being broken up, and all the sailors, the experienced ones, were in panic and fear, he didn't know he was totally being led by God. Because God had an appointment for him on the island of Malta, that he was going to establish a thriving church there, that through the life of the ministry of Paul, the father of Publius, who was a leading citizen on the island, was going to get healed. And then many other people on the island that were sick were going to be healed. And a great church was going to be established. The ship was due to bypass Malta. But God had a raging storm just to lead Paul to that island on that day so that he could establish and preach to those people and the church would be established. All Paul knew was he was on a destiny because God had said he was going to take him and he would stand before kings and emperors and share the word of God. He had a destiny in Rome. But God says, yes, but I've got somewhere else for you as well. I'm going to lead you to Malta. And how is he going to lead you to Malta? In a violent shipwreck. Oh, great. Trust him. Trust him. Being led starts with surrendering our will. I think of people like Ruth in the Bible. That young lady had no idea that when she made that decision, I'm going to go with you, Naomi, that she was being led by God and she was going to be brought 
into the lineage of Jesus, the Son of God. She had no idea. She was just a little girl from an idol-worshipping background, but God was leading her into destiny. Into destiny. General Bruth was due to move out of the area around London and go to take on a very nice parish up in the northern areas of Yorkshire in England. They were packed up and ready to move, really. And then he went out and walked the streets of London around midnight. And it was there he saw all the drunks and the alcoholics. He saw the little children asleep in the gutters while their dads were in the pubs. He saw the prostitutes. He saw the derelicts and the dying. And he went back home to his wife and he said, I've just found our destiny, our purpose. He, didn't, he wasn't aware of it, but that night the Holy Spirit led him to walk out and walk the streets in the darkness. And that was the beginning of the Salvation Army. Born in the fire, hallelujah. You younger people, I want to speak to you for a moment. Where is your destiny? Because God wants to lead you. You know, when we were younger, we were young once. <clears throat> Our youth group at church, I don't know what quite why, but everybody got a passion for to do something and people young people went off all over the world to visit missionaries they went to china and to india and to south america and to hong kong and all over the place in fact our pastor at one point was praying saying lord please keep a few here for us because literally they were going all over the world chad and jamaica and all over and it was exciting because God was leading us into different destinies. And literally they took the gospel all over the world. You young people have got your lives in front of you. And I'm telling you this, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to fill your life, there is a purpose to that filling. It is not just to give you a lovely experience. Is it so that the Spirit of God might lead you and you might walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit and do something of eternal value with your life that is not going to disappear when you die, that you're not going to leave it all behind. There is still opportunities to take the gospel out to the world as missionaries. Missionaries... I don't know what's going on in the church in the recent years. You hear so little about missions. The Bible has given us our commission to take this gospel into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And there are still multiple opportunities to go and do something for God that has lasting and eternal value. Don't just be content with the transient and the temporary. 
Yeah, it is nice to have a nice house and a nice car and a nice job and a nice this and that and the other. Nothing wrong with all of that. But when you leave it all and you stand before God, what are we going to say? What are we going to say? Because I read that Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And he didn't seem to be saying too much about nice houses and cars and all the rest of it. But he was saying an awful lot about laying down your life for the gospel and be led by the Spirit of God into the plans and purposes that God has for you. And while you've got your opportunity in life to do something that matters and to do something great, then can I plead with you to do it? Seek God. There are so many opportunities to do something that's real. Do it for God. And when you stand before him, it'll be worth it. And even if you're not in those years, 20-year-olds and all the rest of it, and you're a little older in life, there are still multiple opportunities to do something for God. You can still go and preach the gospel. You can still go and feed the, ho uh, the lost and the homeless and the hosing and the dying. There are still so many multiple opportunities. Do something. This, we talk about being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, but it's, usually I think in our thinking it's about giving me a nice feeling. And it's nothing to do with that. It's not about my nice feeling. It's about me being led into the plans and purposes and destiny of God. And we should be people who say, God, what is my destiny? And when you commit your life to God, when you give your life wholeheartedly to him and say, Lord, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order that I can fulfill the purpose that you put me on this earth for, then you'll know what it is to be led by the Spirit. Then we know what it is to walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit. Because God can lead you into his destiny for you. And I don't care whether you're 20 or 30 or 50 or what, God has still a work of destiny for every one of us. But particularly you younger people, I don't know why I just felt this. Get to grips with God. And find out the purpose that God has for your life. As I say with our young people, God kept speaking to people and they were disappearing off to India and China and South America and all over the place. And it was exciting. There was an excitement. There was a buzz about it. <clears throat> you know, we weren't bothered about stuff. We wanted to just get out there and serve God. That should be what it's about. To get a passion in your soul about serving God. This isn't a hobby. We're dealing with life and death issues of men and women and children and young people. And we can change their eternal destiny. That's what it's about. Get passionate about it.
Don't treat this just like a hobby. We are serving the living God. Goodness me, there is no greater privilege in this world and honor than serving God. And he's saying to us, I want you to give me your life so that I can fill you with the Spirit of God and he can lead you and guide you and direct you and you can walk in that pathway that he leads you in in order that you can do great things in your life. Like Saul, you can come as an ordinary young person but you can go away the anointed king God can change you, make you into another person. Pray with me for a moment, will you? We're going to just pray together. My voice just had it. But I just want to lead you in prayer and then Pastor John's going to take over. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I cry out to you this morning. For those that are here right now, upon whom you have your hand. Oh, my Father God, Lord, lead and guide and direct, I pray. But fill us with the Holy Ghost and with power. That we might be able to take out this gospel to the world. To a world that's hurting, confused and dying and lost to a generation that has no idea of the glory of our God. Oh, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for the young people of this church. Lord God, that you will raise them up, Lord, to be ministers of God, to take this word of God out. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Karabara shakapara handa.